Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Lisa H., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee. Today is Wednesday, August the 23rd, 2023, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today we're reading from the big book, and we are in the chapter Working with Others on page 101. We'll be reading and commenting on the fourth paragraph that begins, you will note that we made an important qualification, and ends, you had better work with another alcoholic instead. Today's readers, and thank you for your service, the 12 Steps, Esther F., 12 Traditions, Joni C., readers of the text, Harlan G, Vanessa G, our backup is Reva P. Our newcomer greeter is Anne Marie M, and our second hour host is Ramona A. The share IDs for yesterday, Tuesday, August the 22nd, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 20,558. That's 20558. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, is 20,559. That's 20559. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Esther F. to please read the 12 steps. Esther, press star one. We can't hear you. And Reba P. Yeah, there you are. I'm sorry. I got disconnected. Okay, the 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 
and 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Esther F. And I will now ask Joni C. to please read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Joni C. from Minnesota, uh, an overeater. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles through before personalities. Thank you, Joni C. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we read, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book, and we're on page 101. We'll be reading and commenting on the fourth paragraph that begins, you will note that we have made an important qualification and ends, you had better work with another alcoholic instead. And I'll ask Harlan G. to please begin reading. 
Thank you very much, Lisa. Thank you for your service. Thank you to all who gave service this morning. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. You will note that we have made an important qualification. Therefore, ask yourself on each occasion, have I any good social, business, or personal reason for going to this place? Or am I expecting to steal a little vicarious pleasure from the atmosphere of such places? If you answer these questions satisfactorily, you need have no apprehension. Go or stay away, whichever seems best. But be sure you are on solid spiritual ground before you start and that your motive in going is thoroughly good. Do not think of what you will get out of the occasion. Think of what you can bring to it. But if you are shaky, you had better work with another alcoholic instead. This is a very... Uh, reflective paragraph on something that we are told in the sex at the end of the sex inventory section of chapter 5 that if the if the imperious urge hits perhaps we should work with another alcoholic instead and many times through the book we are told that motive is extremely extremely vital if i have a motivation that says that because today is a day that ends in a y i'm going to look for a way to eat cookies or i'm going to look for a way to eat god knows what i'm going to eat them i have found that with me if i am looking for the disease i will find the disease if i am looking for the recovery i will find the recovery and the motivation either the recovery or the disease, because both cannot be sought after at the same time, must come from within my faith, must come from within my my soul. Because to, to access my brain means forget about it. My brain is going to say, eat the food. But what I need to remember is, if I keep looking for what I can get out of a certain situation, I am never going to be satisfied. And the disease in me thrives on the atypical. It thrives on the typical and it thrives on the atypical. If it's a day that ends in a Y and I happen to be in a certain place, a certain restaurant, a certain whatever celebration, it's a holiday, it's not a holiday, I have to really check my motivation. I have to look to see what can I add here. What can I do that is going to make me less likely to practice my disease? What I have found throughout my life is this. When I am looking for God, I most often find him in the face of one of his children. Now, the Jewish holidays are right around the corner here, and I am going to be partaking in a celebration where there's going to be quite a number of people. And in the past, there were even more people, many of whom were octogenarians and above. I found that instead of sitting there feeling sorry for myself as the only single person there, except for some of them who are widowed and widowers, all I need do is sit down and say to one of them, so, what did the doctor say? Or so, how did the operation go? And they will go on and on and on about what the doctor said and their latest operation, and I am giving them an audience for this stuff. If I sit there and I lament about different things and I'm looking with just daggers in my eyes at the food and I just want to eat the food, eventually I'm going to. 
so I have to take action. And the real word here that's operative besides the word motivation is action. What action am I going to take? Am I going to get out of myself in this environment and add to others? That's a way for me not to eat. Am I going to subtract from others by sitting there feeling sorry for myself? That's a way to get to the food. That's a way to really binge on the food. So in closing, I'm going to say two words that apply to this paragraph. Motive and action. What is my motive? What are my actions? Because in all I do today, I am either moving toward the food or I am moving toward God, and there is no middle ground. And with that, I will pass. Thanks again, Lisa, for your service, and uh, thank you for allowing me to share this morning. Thanks. Thank you so much, Harlan, for getting us started. And although we value your experience, we do ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you have shared on Monday or Tuesday on any of the vision meetings, we ask you to hold back this morning. And who would like to comment on what was read? Rachel K. Rachel. Linda D. Reva P. Linda. Reva. Judith I'm sorry, Janice was P. that Judith? Yes. Okay, Judith S.P. Janice? Janice P.M., yes, thank you. Gotcha. Um, somebody R. Nancy. Nancy, Nancy R. Thank, thank you. you. Okay. Okay, this is what I have. Rachel K., Linda D., Reva P., Judith S.P., Janice P.M., and Nancy R. Rachel K., you're up, followed by Linda D., Thank you so much. Hi, this is Rachel Kay, compulsive overeater from Indiana. Thanks, uh, moderator, for doing service. And thank you, Harlan, for starting us out and reminding me how to be of service to octogenarians. That was awesome. Anyway, um, this um, paragraph speaks to me in so many ways. There are so many things that stick out to me. First of all, about See what I can add to a situation rather than what I can get out of it. And this works in any situation. When I go to any kind of social function and worry about myself, are people going to like me? Are people going to like what I wear? Are, are people going to be staring at me? You know, are they going to be wondering that I'm not eating what they're eating? Or Then, like, I'm not going to have a good time. Conversely, if I go and see how I can be of service to people, then I end up paradoxically having a good time. And this works for even like weird situations. I remember when I was interviewing for grad school, my sponsor, and I was so nervous. Oh my God. I mean, this is, people are, you talk about being under a microscope. It was a panel of three people. And my sponsor told me something, which I thought at the time sounded absolutely ridiculous, but she said, these are just more people for you to love. And I was like, what? This is a grad school like interview. What what are you what are you talking about? But I went there and thought, yeah, these are just more human beings for me to love, you know, to be of service to. And and it it went really well. Also, the part that sticks out at me is, um, you know, you better stay home and and work with another alcoholic or another compulsive overeater. It doesn't say, you know, if your motives aren't good. You better stay home and do self-care and run yourself a bevel bath 
and light candles. Um, not that that isn't nice. You know, it doesn't say go home and work on your self-esteem um, and your inner child. Not that, you know, that's, that's not okay. It says work with somebody else. This is not a self-help program. It's an other help program. The best way for me to, to you know, work on my recovery is to be of service to somebody else to carry the message to a compulsive, another suffering compulsive overeater, whether I think I have anything of worth to share or not, I do because I am uniquely qualified because I have this disease. So anyway, thanks for calling on me and uh, I pass. Thank you, Rachel K. And Linda D., you're up, followed by Reva P. Good morning, everybody. It's Linda D., and I live in central Connecticut, and I'm really astonished and very grateful to be recovering from this disease, which all almost killed me repeatedly in the course of my lifetime. I have a lot of differing opinions from what I've heard. I'm 79 years old, and I don't want to talk about operations. Some people do, some people don't. Aging is not a bad thing. It's a challenge. And um, with this program, with God in the center, I can handle it. I can handle it because, uh, I know that's not true for everybody, but it's true for me. So I'll say it. Um when I help other people, it's because I genuinely love people. I might not like the particular person, but I wish them well. From the depth of my soul, I wish them well. They are not fodder to feed me so that I can recover. I love them. I love them deeply because I have a relationship with God, which these steps, this book, and particularly this meeting and the examples and help of people in this meeting have taught me how to find God, to find God, and to give from a reservoir of self-love. That is what this program creates, genuine self-love. And I have to maintain it. The way I maintain it is in part to love others, but it is also to love myself. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Linda D. And Reva P. Followed by Judith S.P. Good morning. This is Reva P. Grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. Um, I'm thinking, you know, before I came into this program, my motive going anywhere was all about the food. And I sort of worked backwards. I, I planned out what I was going to have for dessert. And um, the main course was sort of irrelevant. And the people were just a big blur. It was all about the food. And then I got into program and went through my detox and started working the steps. And it was all about what are people thinking of me and what I'm eating or not eating and how I look or don't look and what I'm wearing or not wearing. And it was a shock to me when my sponsor pointed out this paragraph to me as guidance, whether I go or not go. And this um, business of motive and pleasure 
you know, pleasure does not always have to be, what can I eat? It's, am I going to get a compliment? Are people going to pay attention to me? Are they going to lay out the red carpet? Because don't they know how hard it is for me to show up to this event? Um, and this is about working with others and carrying the message. I am the message that I carry. And it's in the rooms and outside of the room. So how am I carrying this message to others um, and practicing these principles? I get out of self. And I love this. What can I bring? And I'm not bringing food. What am I bringing to the occasion? Participating, showing up for people that perhaps I never showed up for before because I was, you know, in my place with the the door and uh, shades closed, binging my brains out, just showing up for people, honoring what's important to them, asking people how they're doing, getting out of self. And it's such a simple concept, but it totally turns around the whole thing. You know, I, I was on the look, I was told to look out for like the shy person in the corner um, and just be kind to people. Um, like really, it's just so simple. And it really is, it's amazing to get out of self um, because it's not about going or not going, doing or not going, doing. I find in this way of life, it's all about my motive. If I do the right thing with the wrong motive, it just doesn't seem to be in alignment with God's will. Um, it's always about, um, yeah, to fitting myself. How am I fitting myself in all these different occasions? Um, and it's a, it's a whole different way to participate. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. And Judith S.P., you're up, followed by Janice P.M. Morning, Lisa. Thank you so much for your service. And thank you, everyone, for being here. And most importantly for me, thank you, God, for this day and this opportunity. Uh, I'm Judith S.P. from Maryland. Um, yeah, I don't know. God inspires me when when I get a little nudge to share, and this paragraph is fantastic for me. Um, the particular sentence that caught my attention inspired me. Um, but be sure you are on solid spiritual ground before you start, and that your motive is thoroughly good. It, that your motive in going is thoroughly good. And here we are in working with others. I've worked through, we have worked through all the steps, not just one and done, but ongoing. And so here I am, able, because of my experience, strength, and hope, to offer a hand to another person who is still suffering but the imperative is my connection to my higher power. Am I on spiritually strong ground? Once I can align myself with God and feel God's presence inside and out, I can move forward. And it could be a physical experience, whether I go here, whether I go there, whether I serve someone or not. But for me now, my work is on how am I showing up as Judith, the recovering human being, in my relationships, okay? So when I'm spiritually strong, as strong as I can be in this day, I ask myself, am I um, 
have I a good social business or personal reason for getting involved with this person? Do I need to take their inventory? Is it my place to judge them? No. That's what the 10, 11, and 12 help me strengthen each day. So I see this as not only going or not going to a physical place, but going or not going in terms of how I show up in my relationship. Service to others has been instructed from the prefaces on. Working with others is imperative because I've been given the great gift and opportunity to work the steps with a recovered human being. And that's my duty, that's my pleasure, as Dr. Bob says, and to pass it on as it has been for me and to have a little bit more immunity from that disease that is always lurking in those dark places where occasionally... I do want to go vicariously, but that vicariousness is nowhere near the spiritual fitness and connection with God. So with that, I pass, and thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Judith SP. And Janice, uh, Janice PM, you're up, followed by Nancy R. Well, thank you so much for your service. And uh, my name is Janice PM, and I live in Massachusetts. I recovered you know, compulsive overeater. There's a very important principle here that I have, I'm not, (laughs) important principle that I have to maintain as best I can. And that principle is honesty for me. Because it says here, you will note that we, we, people that are recovered writing this, and um, they uh, experienced three questions for qualifications. One we already said, we already made an important qualification in the previous paragraph when we said, do we have a legitimate reason for being there? Well, to me that says, do I really have a valid honest reason for being or going where I have to go, whether it's a bar or dance or whatever it is. And then I can diagnose myself. And again, the second uh, question would be for me, do I have any good social business or personal reason for going? Well, and am I expecting to steal a little indirect pleasure from the atmosphere? Of course, you know, uh, before I used to have, get a lot of pleasure just by being, you know, in the, in a place where I can, you know, get what I want instead of giving what I got. And, of course, that's John F. Kennedy always reminded me to think of what can I give to a situation, just like going to a meeting. What can I give? to this meeting instead of what can I get? Oh, I didn't get anything from there. You know, it's that's not the purpose. Well, it's what I can take. I mean, it's what I can give and not what I can get, what I can take from the meeting. So honesty is very important. Now, I can still be recovered and be a little shaky, you know, just because I'm recovered in spiritual condition, I can still be a, shake, a, shake, a little shaky. So 
you know, honestly, I'm not going to go. And what will I do instead? Page 89 tells us from the beginning of this this whole chapter what I am going, what will help me. Like, Like it was said, when I get that urge or when I get that feeling, nothing will so much ensure immunity. That means defense. Defense, like a needle. We get a COVID uh, uh, COVID test or whatever it is from from eating and from getting into trouble is intensive work with other compulsive overeaters. And I think that message is very, very clear. Just don't go. Help somebody else. Stay and call. And ask God for help, and that will happen. Sometimes uh, that happened to me. Yes, thank you. And I says, no, I'm not going to go. And uh, I'm telling you, I was making calls and got calls, and uh, it really, it just was another day. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice PM. And Nancy R., please share with us. Good morning. Nancy R. from Northwest Illinois, um, recovered compulsive overeater. Um, I haven't uh, shared in a while on this meeting, so I um, wanted to jump in. Um, Am I expecting to steal a little vicarious pleasure from the atmosphere of such a place? Um, I think that's a great question for me to ask um, because I um, don't wanna be feeding my disease by watching, being around, um, you know, things that I thought I needed, you know, before, uh, things that were really dangerous for me. Um, so what do I mean? The, um, what, how do I get vicarious pleasure out of being around uh, activities with lots of food? And um, my disease will tell me, oh, you know, that was fun. Look at it, it's fun. It was fun. And the truth, that's a lie. That's a strange twist of the mind. Um, That's my compulsive thinking trying to draw me back in. And uh, it wasn't fun. You know, the truth is it wasn't fun. Um, It may have been fun at one time, but it wasn't fun for years. Um, it was hell. And so there is no vicarious pleasure. Uh, there, um, that's really all I have on that. But, um, you know, thinking of others, I, um, I thankfully do that often when I'm going somewhere because I'll get into my head, whatever it is, that the story in my head is going around about. And then if I sit quietly for a moment with God or just ask God, what, are, you know, what, what's, what, what's my purpose here? It's just like, and what I like to ask is, how can I, how can I be of service to you with the people that I'm seeing today? And then it's easy for me to get out of myself and think about it. It doesn't mean I don't get back into myself. But as long as I maintain that spiritual connection, um, which it says, you know, be on solid spiritual ground before you start, 
and that your motive in going is thoroughly good. So my motive in going needs to be about giving service to others and being present because I'm not present when I'm in the food. I'm thinking about myself and I'm thinking about the food and I'm thinking about all the craziness. So I'm grateful that I can be um, present for the people that I'm with at these occasions now. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy R. And we are on page 101, reading the fourth paragraph that begins, you will note that we made an important qualification and ends, you had better work with another alcoholic instead. Comments on that one paragraph. And who else would like to share this morning? Mary Kay. Larry. Shanna C. Loretta. Shanna. E. I heard Loretta. Elena C. I heard Barbara. I heard Elena. Anne Marie M. Anne Marie. Nancy C. Nancy. Jim S. Okay, Jim, I'm going to stop with you. Um, Okay, I have, and you may have to remind me of the first initial of your last name. I have Larry K., Shanna C., Loretta, Barbara E., Elena C., Anne-Marie M., Nancy C., and Jim S. So, Larry K., you're up, followed by Shanna C. Uh, Thanks so much. This is Larry K., recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. You know, I remember, um, first off, the steps were written um, past tense. In other words, the uh, these early folks, they were, they they had, uh, for example, a spiritual awakening as the result of the steps. All all past tense. They're reflecting back, and so we're in step twelve now. And now to my, I have to remind myself of that that they they had a spiritual awakening, and so they sure they looked at their motives. They took various actions and um, and all those things. But I remember being in OA early on. And um, I was not in fit spiritual condition. I had not followed the instructions precisely, not even close, not by a long shot. But I had dabbled in the steps, and I was going to a Thanksgiving uh, celebration with my family, and I would tell you that my motives were good. I wanted to, I remember telling myself that I want to make this experience good for others. I brought my food. There was a lot of thinking about me, quite frankly, as I think back, reflecting back. But I was at risk. Oh, boy, was I at risk, let me tell you. So sometimes I'm duly motivated or I don't even know what my motivation is. I I had the best of intentions. I wanted to be, and I think I was until I wasn't. And, man, did I pile on that food and the pie and the this and the that, and I hid. Because, of course, everyone you know, thought I was in this program and I was doing so well, I had lost weight, but I was at risk. I could not reflect back on the steps that I had followed and and been brought into a deeper alignment with my higher power. The obsession clearly was not expelled. It was not eradicated as the result of working the steps and following this blueprint for recovery. So I think my motives were pretty good. It's just I wasn't in any sort of condition to be anywhere where I was at risk like that. And so I did what we do. I ate. And I ate some more. And I ate some more. Yes, we look at our motives and our actions. The interplay of motives, that Harlan said beautifully, the interplay of our motives and our actions. 
but that presumes reflecting that we've worked the steps, we followed those, these instructions precisely, we've been brought into alignment to a, with, a, with the higher power of our own understanding, and the obsession has been eradicated. And then yes, of course, we can check our motives and we can take appropriate actions. But oh no, not for me if I haven't done that yet. I've seen this disease, it had me. With that, I pass, thanks so much. Thank you, Larry Kay. And Shana C., you're up, followed by Loretta. Good morning. This is, hang on just a second. Good morning. Sorry about that. Uh, my name is Shana C., and I'm grateful to recover compulsive eater from Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, thanks so much for leading the meeting and all the shares uh, so far. This is, um, the more I read this, the more I realize the, miracle, the actual miracle my abstinence is. Um, because ever since day one, I don't know about anybody else, but since day one, the, the temptation has always been there. And not that I'm like white knuckling or anything or, you know, going to, you know, that, that kind of thing. It's just I can't get away from other people's eating and the way they the way they eat, the stuff that's there, the signs on the road, the, you know, driving down the street, you, see, you know, I know the smells. <laughs> I mean, I just I cannot shield myself from this kind of thing. So I need a power greater than me at work within me and around me and all of it and these set of directions. And there are times where, you know, I will say that there has been absolutely nothing in my life that has caused me to have to rely on a power greater than myself any more than than food um, or my obsession with food and being rid of that obsession with food, you know, I, you know, asking God to keep me sober, abstinent, and sane every morning every morning and then throughout the day you know when i start getting hungry god left to my own devices i'll eat that's just what i am you know this please help me get through you know get through this meal you know just in case i might have a thought please continue to direct my thinking you know i'm checking in with my my sponsor you know times when i'm shaky and i had an incident this past sunday not an incident but i started feeling shaky and the cool thing is, is having worked the steps and living in 10 11 and 12 being more and more on a daily basis, properly armed with the facts about myself, I can I can feel that in that creeping in a lot faster because of the connection with my higher power. And so um, I did a quick ten step and a text message on my way to a restaurant with my husband that my husband wanted to eat at. And um, sure enough, as soon as I right in the whole process of doing that ten step, I had a sponsee give me a call and I was able to go back and forth with her, get my mind off myself and be helpful to her. You know what? I did not eat that day. I mean, I ate everything on my food plan and no more, no less. It was absolutely miraculous. This thing works um, daily, meal by meal for me. Um, And I get to experience the reality of God in my life. And that's better than any binge, any food, anything I've ever had. Unbelievable. Thank you guys for being here when I needed a place in the land. All right. That's all I have. You guys have a fabulous day. Thank you, Shanna C. And Loretta, you're up. If you'll remind me of the first initial of your last name, followed by Barbara E. Thank Thank you, Lisa, and all on this line, along with my precious guy, who is saving my life, Loretta H., recovered in North Carolina. This reminds me of the paragraph we read Um, about three days ago about the scheme, I always have to remember, am I here 
for the scheme or am I here is my attention service and for me service today is an altruistic plane instead of the um, selfish plane and uh, that it's always for a solution whether it's for myself or somebody else because that's what this program there is a solution and so if I go in with the intention of getting a vicarious thrill, even though I don't touch the food, I don't, but just looking at it, you know, am I getting food porn from it or whatever? Um, so I really have to have the right intention, the right result. Why am I going to where I'm going for the right reason? Not so that I will lose something, not so that I will get something or that I will be found out but for that intention of what somebody's honest, honest service, the altruistic of being there in um, fit spiritual condition. You know, this is uh, the purpose of step 10 for me because I used to love to complain. But now when I do have a 10th step, I get to help somebody else instead of sitting in my misery and I get to show up for somebody else. So today I'm so grateful because I lived and worked in this disease for 35 years. And I had three years in my career where I wasn't in it. And it was in the service industry. And for three years before I retired, I got to be safe no matter where I was. You know, Europe, the Iceland, Greenland ice cap. And that's what the gift of this is, is that not only am I helping somebody else, but I'm saving myself. You know, it's a gift that keeps on giving. It's priceless. It's the commercial. And so today, with God's grace and mercy, I'm here for the solution and not the scheme and to do an honest day of service. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Loretta H. And Barbara E., you're up, followed by Elena C., Good morning, everyone. So happy to be with you today on this beautiful day on Barbara E. New Jersey. And I love the reading because it speaks so especially to my heart. I am abstaining now. I may or may not have abstained yesterday. I make no promises about tomorrow or next week or next year, but I am abstaining now. And if I'm in fit spiritual condition, I can go anywhere. But I remember two decades ago when I would go to a face-to-face meeting and there would be a woman with a cup of Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Harmless, right? But all I could see were little round objects rolling around the table. I was not yet in fit spiritual condition. So those days are gone. Thank you, God. And for me, God today is grace over drama. Um, And uh, if I am, for some reason, having thoughts, and I do have thoughts, I think we might all have them, I don't have to act on them. I call another member and ask how their program is doing. And then I really do believe Something changes in me because when two members are talking program, that's a meeting. Isn't that wonderful? So 
I will not worry about how long I'll have to maintain my abstinence. All I have to deal with is now. I know only too well what now would be like if I were overeating. So I give thanks for the sanity, the strength and peace that my higher power gives me when I'm abstaining. And I'm not perfect. I definitely am not. So if I slip and and do something that I'm not proud of, I simply say, Barbara, you made a mistake. You're not a mistake. This is not a dead end. It's a detour. Pick yourself up. Dust yourself off. Call your sponsor. Call another member. Go to a meter, meeting and give thanks. And I find for me, thanks, gratitude fuels my optimism that, yes, today can be better than it was yesterday. Yesterday and tomorrow has the possibility of being even better, but I know I can't worry about the future or bemoan the past. I just have to let my higher power take me, take care of me in the future and help me to follow my true north. And when my spiritual blockers come in, just say, Barbara, what did you do wrong? Do you need to make an amends and stay in fit, thank you, fit spiritual condition and go to this blessed meeting whenever I can. Thank you, everyone, for your service. This is Barbara E. in New Jersey. Thank you, Barbara E. And Elena C., you're up, followed by Anne-Marie M. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, everyone. Um, my name is Elena C. from Greenville, South Carolina, recovered for today. I hear in this paragraph, altruism. Altruism is a big word for me. Um, when I, uh, before this program, I went to the parties and I took to the parties, not only the cake, but I took to the parties my ego, my self-righteousness, my need to be approved of, to be liked, to be admired, and so forth. You know, and when I took, I, I, my actions were based on that. My actions were based in those uh, gatherings or based in what I'm going to do to get you to like me and get you to listen to me. And that effect was so elusive that I could not differentiate a true from the false, you know. Just like food, um, I thought that if I get your approval, three minutes, I would be on top of the world. And guess what? It did not work because I got high on approval, but then it wasn't lasting. It was not long lasting. Today, all I need is to take God. Just like food, my need for approval and validation creates havoc in my emotional, physical, and spiritual health. The need for approval locked God in my body. And I need to access God to heal that overwhelming need to be approved and loved. This paragraph speaks about giving without expectations, without an ulterior motive. In dealing this letter, emotional sobriety talks about dependence on God. Emotional sobriety, acceptance of our feelings, being well, is because we need to depend on God. 
you know, I, I can take God with me. No cake, no need for approval. And the action to achieve is helping others. And um, listening to people today is as vital and spiritual growth as God itself. When I listen, I connect with other people's higher power, and they connect with mine because God is contagious. And I can never get too much of God because the need for approval can stand in the way of my traveling heart. I love that word, my traveling heart. Thank you so much for letting me share with that I'll pass. Thank you, Elena C. And Anne-Marie M., you're up, followed by Nancy C. Good morning. This is Anne-Marie M. in South Carolina. Uh, grateful to be recovered through God's grace and, um, you know, by God's grace and by working the book, uh, working the steps through the book of Alcoholics Anonymous. So thank you. I really appreciated the first speaker um, who, who talked today. Um, regarding um, if we if we look, mm-hmm, what did he say? If if oh, what I what I heard was if if we look for recovery, we'll find recovery. Um, and that's what I need to focus on. You know, looking looking for recovery, looking for the positive. And the other thing that um, that he said was that I heard was um, when we go to an event, um, we look around the people that we know and we ask them what's going on with them. Whether it's you know it maybe maybe they, they we know that they've had some illness, maybe that we know that they've had some kind of um, had a surgery, whatever it is, or maybe they just you know they have grandchildren. That's always a good one too. <laughs> You know, ask ask a grandmother or a grandfather about their grandchildren, and they just go on and on. So, um, I found that very very helpful when in uh, situations where um, uh, I felt just even if I just felt uncomfortable, um, that helped me. But um, you know, going to a place, whether it's a wedding or a birthday party, whatever it is. Um, and look for someone that might might look like they're feeling out of place, and, and going up to them and maybe introducing myself if I don't know them, or like I said, if I do and I know that they've just had some illness, ask about that. It's uh, whatever. Um, the other thing um, that I heard that I wrote down was um, doing the right thing for the wrong motives, and. For me, that's not only going to a place where there's food and celebration and all that, um, but I, it just reminds me of um, my, me and my daughter's relationship and me always giving her suggestions. In my thought, there are suggestions. Um, in her eyes, I think they're criticism. But my motives are good. You know, I want her to um, be well. I want her to be happy. I want her to succeed. So for some reason, I think that she needs my, quote, suggestions, unquote. And like it was said, um, um, I don't know if doing the right thing, if giving my suggestions is always the right thing, but the motive certainly is wrong. It's, it's the motive for me was to, um, or is to, because <laughs> I have that problem still, um, get her to do things my way. 
So lots of good shares today. Um, I, I appreciate all the, um, the shares so far. And oh, the one, the one uh, also thing is, um, yeah, if if I'm not in, um, if I haven't had the obsession removed by God, or before I had the obsession removed by God, I couldn't go to those places. I can only go to those places now because of of the miracle that happened in my life because I worked the 12 steps um, of Overeaters Anonymous in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, thank you so much. Thank you, Anne-Marie M. And Nancy C., you're up. Um, and Jim S., please hang around. You may um, share it uh, during the second hour. Nancy, please share with us. Hey, good morning, Lisa. Good morning, family. Um, this is Nancy C. Gratefully recovered this morning in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And what a magnificent meeting. Oh, God, I've heard so many good things. I don't think I can add anything else. But, you know, when I got to this point of the book, I I have been spiritually rearranged, right? I am on solid spiritual ground if I'm working these steps on a daily basis. And the motive part is really big for me. Um, when I think of when um, I was in my disease, my motive was always me, me, and me, and I didn't even know, you know. I'm sitting here thinking um, black or white, you know. Everyone was, everything had to be black or white, and I prided myself in being in the gray, right? You know, just be in the gray. You can't be black or white. This book taught me there is no gray. It is black or white. Either we're going towards the food or we're going towards God. And that is said over and over as we go through these steps, that that's the only way that we can go, either to the left or to the right. And if I am in spiritual condition, I do give up service. I do want to be out there and helping other people because I have been rearranged and it's more important to help other people so I can help myself. Um, you know, yesterday somebody said, we go someplace and we say, how can I serve rather than what's being served? And that is true when I am in a good spiritual axiom. Um, wasteful prayers for help do me nothing. You know, when I'm praying for myself is what I should be doing is helping other people because that is my prayers being answered. God has put somebody in my life to be able to help them. So my motives are important. My motives used to be all about me. And if I do work this program and really truly want to give it away to other people, my motives are always right because they're God-blessed and God-given. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Nancy C. And um, Jim S., I hope you'll stay and share during the second hour. Thank you to everyone who shared this morning, and please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Wednesday, August 23rd, 2023, is 20,566. That's 20566. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Vanessa G., will you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, everyone. Good morning, and thank you for an awesome meeting. My name is Vanessa G., and I'm recovered in New Mexico. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation 
what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and others, countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.